following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, as you look forward to speaking this coming Sunday on the topic of envy and jealousy, that's one topic you make it. And uh, you you love actually speaking on this topic. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that it's so late in the series as much as you like talking about it. <laughs> that mm-hmm. It's what, number eight, number seven, maybe in the series. But uh, the series we're talking about is how to handle your emotions. And June has been teaching that and will be for the next few weeks at First Baptist Dallas. If you'd like to attend, that's at 530 to 7 on Sunday nights. Uh, If you can attend live, great. And if not, maybe you can do that by Zoom. It's 530 Central Time, by the way, on Sunday nights. And go to hopefortheheart.org slash events to find out uh, how to connect with that. But as we talk about envy and jealousy, those are such uh, loaded words and and always seem to have a negative connotation. Are, are both of them always bad? Well, let's take one at a time. Okay. Uh, envy is always wrong. Um, envy is an expression of self-centered pride, Um and as such, is, is always wrong. To envy is to covet. It's uh, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, you could just change out the two words. To envy is to covet what uh, belongs to someone else. Um, it, it's being feel, feeling, I'm entitled to have what you have. Mm. Now, jealousy, it depends Sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's right. And that will surprise many people, most people, because when we typically hear people talk about jealousy, it, uh, it is couched in a negative assumption, meaning, so let's call it, there's ungodly jealousy and godly jealousy. Now that can sound unusual, um, but ungodly jealousy arise from it I had said the other day it's full hands fearing to be emptied Um, meaning it arises when there is the belief that that one person owns another person you know you you're mine or I have my relationship is, um, if I have a friend, I should not have another friend because that friend that I have uh, expects me to have total devotion to to that relationship. Hmm. Um, godly jealousy surfaces when there's a covenant relationship that's threatened, such as marriage, or in our relationship with God, and out of his great love, God jealously guards his special relationship with us. And God giving us the Ten Commandments, um, he describes himself as a jealous God. This is in the Ten Commandments. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So what this means is we are in a covenant relationship with him. Uh, God's righteous jealousy is described 
in numerous passages. Uh, do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. That's Exodus thirty-four fourteen. 14. Um, likewise, you see this in the New Testament, where the Apostle Paul has this deep concern for the Christians, and he, he said, for the Corinthians, he said, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. Mm -hmm. So that term is used, a godly jealousy. I'm, I'm promised to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So what this is saying is the appropriate feeling of jealousy is actually natural for God himself when a covenant relationship with him is threatened. If we um, violate um, his word and and say I don't care what you say, it it's like it's like committing adultery in in one respect. Um, likewise, when we are called to be well, I'll say it this way: because we are, if if I'm going to be godly, if you're going to be godly, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Jealousy will be natural as a response when we have a covenant relationship in jeopardy. That would be with your wife, mm -hmm. very candidly. If you see a guy eyeing your wife, it is right for you to go into protective mode, meaning when someone is trying to lure her away from you. Mm. Same would be true with those who are trying to lure us away from the Lord, God is a jealous God, and that's not wrong. So there are times if if it's a different kind of a thing where, well, I don't want you to, I don't, I don't want to share, I don't want to share you with anyone. You know, you're mine, as in possessiveness, that is... Um, a, a, a friend or or even an unhealthy view in marriage we when it when it's not that the, the person is going to go off and and violate the vet the, the covenant of marriage Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners the Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of envy and jealousy, as June was talking about that a moment ago, or any topic that comes up here on the program, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They are available anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. They'll help you get the right resources into your hands or maybe on your computer screen, as the case may be. You can find some of our resources free as well on the uh, the website at Hope for the Heart. Dot org and look for free resources there. But if you'd like to get our keys for living on envy and jealousy, the the subtitle to that is Taming the Terrible Twins. And customer support will be glad to help you with that at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. You can also email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have there. Again, that's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have a caller returning to us in California listening to KKLA. We welcome back Mike. Well, hello, Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome to Hope. How are you? Wonderful. Good to talk with you. Okay, what's Uh, going on? Well, last time we talked, we talked about my uh, depression and anxiety issues and uh, how to cope with that. And um, you specified uh, me to read Psalm 23, kind of memorize that, and kind of go with that. So I've been meditating on that some, and uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting stronger a little bit. But uh, it's still hard. I'm going through a divorce, you know, separation and a divorce, and I have, you mm. know, depression on top of it. So it hasn't been easy. So... I wanted to ask you some questions. Um, basically, my family background, there's a lot of depression in it. And I read some stuff about gener- you know, generational curses. Do you know much mm-hmm. about that? Well, I have heard um, certainly people talk about that for years. And yet, um, tell me what you are thinking regarding that or what have well, you it heard? Like the, it seems like the last couple generations of my family, there's been a lot of depression, you know, manic depression, bipolar, uh, suicide, certain people, you know, in the family. And there's been, so I'm wondering if that can be 
brought down from generation to generation, you know, and um, mm-hmm. part of my problem is that, you know, kind of situation. You have asked a very important question that needs a clear answer. But I'm going, right. to, I'm going to take you to the Word of God first. And okay. I want you, this is really important for you and every listener to write down this scripture. Okay. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the reference, and you don't have to write all the words down until later. It's Ezekiel 18, chapter 18, verse 20. Ezekiel okay. 18:20. Now listen okay. to this. The soul who sins is the one who shall die. The son will not share in the guilt of his father or the father, nor will the father share the guilt of the son. I'm going to repeat that. The soul will not sh- the son will not share the guilt of the Father, nor will the Father share the guilt of the Son. Uh-huh. So, now, what does that mean exactly? Okay. There are those who will teach, by the way, they're very sincere, uh-huh. and they will use a scripture about the sins of the fathers being passed down to the third and fourth generation. That doesn't mean that there is a curse. What that means is there is a pattern of living. For example, I'm going to say it this way. If you were to look at statistics of those who are violent, I'm talking about committing a violent crime, Uh what you see is a high percentage of those who are violent were raised in a violent home. Right. What they do, now think right. about this, with kids, let's just talk about kids, more is caught than taught. More is uh-huh. caught, it's not, it's like, it, you could say it's like getting the measles, but instead, in this case, it's like you learn the pattern of I solve my problems by violence. And they are violent. I've talked with people who were raised with yelling in terms of in their home life. That's what they did. They yelled. And then they marry someone who, where there was never the yelling. There, you know, and, and so it really unnerves. Here's this spouse, whether it's a male or female. The, and, and, you know, why are you yelling? Because I mean it, you know. Because it, 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 it's caught. It's um, it's lear- a learned pattern. Sometimes it's uh-huh. called learned behavior, learned behavior, and that is legitimate in terms of many times people will repeat what they grew up with. They're basically uh, doing what. One of the parents did, or both. Now, right. with that, that but do you see the difference between you having a voodoo curse, 
or a, a, a curse that you have no control over. Right. The point, the point is you have individual responsibility. I have individual responsibility. Um, in fact, um, the, the point is every one of us have a choice. God has given us choice. We uh-huh. are not programmed. He, we are not robots programmed to do something wrong or even right where we have no choice. And this is the distinction it, when we were first created. When you think about the human beings, human beings, we're talking about Adam and Eve. Adam and right. Eve, were, they were given a perfect, if you will, paradise. Uh, uh, the food was there for them. God provided all of their needs. Then there was a point in which he told them one thing not to do. What is that one thing that Adam and Eve were told not to do? Sin. Okay, what would make them sin? Do you know what, what the, he gave only one command? Do not eat from this tree. Uh, he, yeah. Do not eat from this tree. It was very clear. He had not said no to anything else. But right. what did they do? Do you have any idea what they did? They went ahead and did that, obviously. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you'll see that if you read in the book of Genesis after Adam and Eve, the first two human beings, uh, were uh-huh. created. And it's in Genesis chapter 3. Yes, okay. there was... So, so my, my point is, God was clear, but um, Eve questioned the goodness of God by virtue of uh, what what took place, and you'll, you'll read it clearly. But the point is, uh, God, the, the Bible said, you know, if you eat, uh, then, then you, are, you will surely die. Well, what, what you see is they didn't immediately die of a heart attack at that moment. They were ousted from the garden. They, and this now sin has entered the world for the first time, and you were right when you said they sinned. Yes, sin is anything that is against what God has said. It is independence from God. It's the middle letter of the word sin, I. I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what God says or what is supposed to be right I'm going to do, I'm going to live independently, and basically, I'm going to be my own God. Now, we don't say that out loud, but that's what's happening. We, we're only, do, we're just going by self-rule. So Ego, the point, ego. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ego is a big deal. Yeah, that, that's a huge issue of, I'm, I am most important. And yet, mm-hmm. the truth is, we, you know, this is the neat thing, my friend. Um, 
you cannot be any more fulfilled in life than when you are in the will of God. You can't experience anything more uh, satisfying in your heart and your life than to be in the center of God's will, to do what he says. It will end up always being for your advantage. And yet there are those who will go, well, but I want to do this. Well, they think it's going to satisfy, but it doesn't if it's against what God says. So right. what we're saying is there, you mentioned some of these things that have been going on in your life. You talk about family members going through, whether it's divorce or other things of depression, anxiety. Right. Um, right. Well, okay. Yes, there can be various attitudes and actions, and yet, in truth, if you are determined, you yourself, by yourself, you make your independent decision, you say, you know, um, even though I had family members and I can see what they did wrong, um, I'm I'm going to choose what God wants me to do. Uh-huh. Now, in truth, um, life is a series of choices. When you really think about it, life is a series of choices. The more you choose again and again what God wants you to do, based on what the Bible says, there is a blessing. And as such you will begin to more and more be aware of you know i really i really don't want to do this anymore i've talked to so many people who have turned their lives over to the leadership of the lord jesus christ and they'll right. say you know i i before i i was doing this you know uh, by the way like for example 94% of the population regularly lies. Well, there uh-huh. is a point at which we can make a decision. Even when tempted, we can choose not to lie. And the more you decide, instead of just going along and doing what you've always done, to just be introspective and say, you know, am I violating anything? Is there something that I shouldn't be doing? We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. You are listening to Hope in the Night. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry. We thank you for that. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you to uh, to understand God's hope that you have in your situation uh, in uh, our resources. We share that, um, and we would like to help you with that with over 100 topics that we have, so, so many resources. One is sure to help you. Just talk to customer support, and they'll point you to the right ones. It's 800-488-HOPE, 800 488 If you would like to speak with June about something that's going on in your life and you'd care to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call at uh, 800-917-800-NIGHT-17. And when you call, just leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you to talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night and uh, getting your questions answered, seeing what you might need help with. That number again, 800 for, excuse me, 800-917-800-644-4817. Now back to our conversation with Mike. Hello? Well, Mike, yes, Mike. Um, I'm interested in certainly what you're saying because I just don't want you to uh, think that there is some kind of curse that you're under that someone is either putting on to you that you can't escape um, that is not what the Bible teaches and what right. I think I think it's important I'm, I'm going to give you one other passage I think you will appreciate um, kind of tying into how we began our program this evening uh, this is in uh, Deuteronomy 5. Uh-huh. Um, verse, it's the middle of verse 9. This is where it says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to thousands who love me and keep my commandments. Now, right. What this is saying, it's not saying that God's going to punish people 
who are uh, innocent of doing anything wrong, there is a, what we see is a pattern that is so easily adopted by virtue of exposure. Exposure. Right. The people. So environmental, the, is, you know, your environment. Oh, huge. Well, it, yes, because, okay, think about this. If you grew up in a home where you heard over and over um, profanity, verbal and emotional abuse, right. um, after a period of time, it you can anticipate certain words that are being said, and those are in your brain. They're in your mind. And it's easy to, you know, say words. You know, I, I, I remember even being on a college campus, and I would hear so much profanity that at times I would think it. And I, and uh -huh. I thought, I, you know, but I had a choice whether I said it or not. But it's almost like those words were so frequent in terms of what I heard. But I knew I had a choice. Uh, just because right. I could think that word, that doesn't mean I deliver the word. And, I, you know, right. again, life is a series of choices. So, hmm. now, what I, what I would say is, I'm, I'm, I want to be very clear here, too. In our material on depression, which we sent to you. Um, yes. There was, uh, we had some quotes, so actual statistics of if a parent had bipolar, what would be the likelihood of the child possibly having, becoming a bipolar, bipolar disorder? It was fairly high. Yeah. Yes, it is. So the, the point is, there are things in that respect that there would be a predisposition to have, and it's helpful, therefore, to know what would be beneficial, what, are, what is known in the scientific community. And I'm, I'm big on being accurate with science. That's why I wanted to be, make sure I did not try to say that... Um, it's not that we can will ourselves uh, out of certain medical conditions or physiological conditions. Some people were born uh, without insulin, or meaning very they, right. they they need to have insulin, and so there are times when. There is a positive use of insulin so that a person uh, who is deficient physically, uh, physiologically, they will be um, treated and the body will respond with that needed insulin. So do, do you see the difference here? We're, we're talking about, you know, behavior of uh, uh, like not treating 
a spouse well, then there can be divorce. And you did say in your home that in your family line, you know, there was a lot of, of divorce. Well, it matters how one person treats another, how, how a husband and wife both interact. And it is healthy for there to be uh, times of going through marriage enhancement. Um, it could be things that you would have no um, knowledge of except wonderful, helpful, specific ways to treat one another. And there are, are that's why a lot of times couples will have a, a type of marriage retreat. There will be many, many couples at marriage retreats. And, uh, and these are people who just help enhance the relationship part of the marriage. And so, and because sometimes, you know, how do you know to respond in a positive way when, if, if, if parents, if, if your own um, family life was very painful and challenging? And I say that because I, I certainly know um, many people who've had very difficult uh, upbringing. Uh, a, a difficult upbringing because of one parent or perhaps both, and they didn't have it modeled. It's much easier right. when you've had it modeled of this is how a, a, a godly man treats a wife and children. Um, this is how a godly woman treats a husband and children. So, uh, and, you know, uh, I did not grow up and that kind of a positive influence. And um, much of what I've learned, I've learned from godly men as they are being, uh, I have a, have a fabulous uh, uh, relationship with uh, a husband and wife. Uh, I'm, I'm my, my best male buddy. I just love how he has mentored men. He's mentored boys. And, and to, because he knew that even his son's friends, many of them did not have healthy home life. Home, the, their home life was not healthy. And so, therefore, uh, this, this wonderful friend of mine, uh, I remember when his sons were like 10th grade, 11th and 12th, once a week he would mentor a group of his son's friends, and then when the second come, uh, second son uh, was tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, he would do the same thing, and they would meet at his house at at six in the morning, and they loved it. Those those boys loved it. Well, sometimes we have to have other other people to help us um, because we're not exposed to a healthy way of interaction. Do you see what I'm saying here? So there's much that we can learn. Just as there is, um, there are learned deficits, or there, sometimes it's even called um, learned, oh, now I've lost the word. Um, it's a learned behavior, but in a negative way, 
but it can be learned positively. And therefore, this is why, you know, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It, it's wonderful when there are friends that come along when you can um, learn what, what, is, what is a godly way to be, and I say godly, meaning what would be right in God's sight for me to do within this relationship? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, and I, I, I understand that I've had in the last few months, I've had some new friendships and a lot of uh, godly people around me to support me through some of these tough times that I'm going through. Mm. That's been mm-hmm. help, very helpful. Very helpful. Well, so it is true that people from the uh, another generation can influence us, but that's different from being cursed, a generational curse. Now, there will be people who will disagree with me. I'm just going by looking at the whole counsel of God. In mm-hmm. fact, um, it's very interesting Many people don't know that that is a scripture. And what I'm saying is, uh, in the book of Acts, uh, there is a, a very important scripture, and it, it's dealing with the whole counsel of God. And that means that what we need to do is to be aware what has God said, not just one place, not looking at one Scripture. This is Acts 20, verse 27. This is where, um, reading Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he says, uh, I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God or the whole counsel of God. So, mm-hmm. he, it's imperative. It's, it's not just taking one scripture out of the context of the whole. Instead, we look at the scriptures and what, what is God's intent when we look at all of what God has said. And I'm going to repeat the scripture. It's Acts 20, verse 27. I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God. So that's, what, that's why I'm bringing out different passages so that you will see Yes, I've heard many times people talk about a generational curse. And I just want you to know, um, you have a choice. Your choice is going to be vital. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free and he calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you'd like to get a copy of some of our resources, maybe there's a particular situation in your life, maybe something on the program tonight has piqued your interest in a particular topic, you'd like to hear more about it or actually read more about it, we can help you with that. The number is 800-488-HOPE. Call our customer support team and they'll be happy to, to answer that for you. We have over 100 Keys for Living and many other titles too, books that June has written over the years that uh, would help you with a situation that you are in or maybe as a, f- a friend of yours faces something in their life and you've been talking to them, you'd like to put some materials into their hands, just talk to our customer support team. They'll help you to get the right resources there. The number again, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Also check out our website if you'd like to find some resources there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. All the new updated keys for living are there. Also our Lifeline to Hope online training. It's helped so many churches and pastors looking for uh, being able to start or grow a care ministry in their church. That's the Lifeline to Hope training. Also June's biblical resources, music CDs. They're all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's get back now to our conversation with Mike. Okay, Mike, I want to hear from you um, specifically. I know you're going through a divorce. Uh, I know you don't like it. Uh, I, I know that you've dealt with, um, you said, depression and anxiety. So help help me know, I'm going to help you the best I can right now. Is there something specific that you have a question about or what to do about this if something is happening? Yeah, Yeah. well, I'm thinking, to me, the... um Depression seems to come from fear, fear-based. And when I, my growing up was so, it was very traumatic. There was a lot of uh, controlling, very, very controlling parents, a lot of screaming. Mm. There was no, not, I was never felt safe. So basically, I have fear, a lot of fear that I carry, you know, in, inside. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, I've made it through life by pushing myself through things, you know what I mean, by 
yep. fighting through the the hard times of depression and anxiety, and then it would get better, and then it would get tough on me again, and then it would get better. So I went up and down. So I feel like it's, it's you know, there's a very alone feeling right now. I'm living by myself, and I feel, some, you know, some anxiety and fear there, you know, combined. You know what I'm okay. saying? Yes. Well, I'm going to send you something that I think could be very helpful to you. And it is on fear. Um, I know about fear. I was fear-based, and I didn't, I didn't know it until looking back. I, I spent a good portion of my life being fear-based. Now, m my father was the um, catalyst. Uh, there, I could just tell you all kinds of things that he did. Um, I was fearful he was going to institutionalize my mother, and I never knew if coming when I came home if all of a sudden mother wouldn't be there. And by the way, he would take her to psychiatrists, and and never once did they ever say, not one ever said that he that she was um, mentally ill or anything like that. But um, I just didn't trust my father. Um, because he was obsessed with this, and he would tell me, your mother's mentally ill. And I, it was just, a, it was not a safe environment, even though I didn't talk. I didn't talk about it to anybody. My, But I tried to be prepared. I even had a defense fund that I would save every cent, uh, any penny that I ever got. Um, and I stole some money off every periodically off of his debt, his dresser. Uh, it was only for the defense fund, and uh, I never spent it personally. But I just, you know, I, and I was just growing up trying to figure out how do I protect my mom and my 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 siblings. The, so, mm -hmm. my, and, and but then the problem is you go into adulthood, and you know. You, you, I was fearful, uh, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't know why, and I later had to, you know, there's fear of abandonment and all these things. Um, yes, I have that. I have that. Yeah. Okay, so I think this is where, when I began to see scripture that countered. Uh, or gave answers for what I was to do. Now, we have, at the end of our keys, I'm going to, again, send you its definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. But we have these scriptures at the end, scriptures to memorize. And basically, what I want you to do, there'll be ten, and each of them have a question. For example... Is it possible to be delivered from all my fears? That's a question. Now, here's right. the answer. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So what I want you to do is to read all ten of them. You, If you want to, my suggestion is just make a decision that, I'm going to read them every day, these 10. Gotcha. And okay. that way you're inundating yourself with truth. It's not your truth. It's God's truth. 
Here's here's uh-huh. another one. The second one. How can I keep my fear of man and others from being a snare to my emotions? Well, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. By the way, right. and when we say fear of man, that means hum- humanity. You know, it's uh-huh. meaning it, it doesn't, it's not gender. It, that's not the point. Um, what does the Bible say to overcome all your anxiety? First Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Gotcha. So, so what happens is, after a period of time, I, I think of this um, as taking, um, okay, have you ever planted grass? Yes. Okay. You know that you need to water the grass that you plant because it needs to take root so that it can, if you will, bear fruit, meaning it can bring forth the grass, right? right. Now, you so don't do it. by doing this constantly, right? Yep, yep. If you're reading the scripture, yep, constantly, uh-huh. we'll do the same thing. So it's what it's like. Now, a prop, you probably uh, have seen a fire hydrant, right? What's a fire, that? A fire hydrant. Yes, yes. Okay. This is not doing a fire hydrant. It's not trying to just pour, you know, 100 gallons of water on the grass. Uh, I, I call it spiritual soaking. It's like, mm-hmm. but, but it's not, it's, it's like watering the grass. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're wanting it to soak enough that it goes down to the roots and and it'll or or it'll cause the grass to ultimately have root, be rooted, and therefore it's strong. So when you do this every day, then you know. For example, the next one that I've not read to you is, you know, God is my salvation. But how can that help me not be afraid? Isaiah twelve verse two says. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So I'm not expecting you to know any of these scriptures. You might know one or two, or you could know more. But we picked, and years ago, I picked the best scriptures I could find that would help us, and I put these questions in there to help us memorize those scriptures. And the way you memorize is repetition, just repetition, right. repetition. So it's not that you're to, you're to read this one day and all of a sudden you memorize 10 scriptures. No, when you just read it. In fact, I had a friend, um, he became a dear friend. Uh, there was a guy who... Um, lived in an apartment 
I lived in an apartment. He lived, let's see, I, I was above him. And one day he knocked on my door because he saw something that he thought might be mine. And I was stunned because it was mine. It was a patch cord to a sound system. Don't know how that happened. Um, all I know is uh, I, I had prayed, Lord, is there anybody you want me to share you with? And I looked around and I thought, nope, not around here. Well, then two days later, here he was at my door. But just, you know, I didn't think of it, of that prayer. All of a sudden, I'm, he keeps talking at, at my door. And finally, I said, would you like to come in? And he said, don't mind if I do. And he came in. He was, um, I said, well, what do you do? He said, I was had been an air traffic controller in the military. Uh, I was a trick water skier. I thought that was fascinating. But he knew nothing about, um, um, he didn't know what to do because he wanted to get an education. He was a young man who, uh, he said, I, but I'm not disciplined. And I said, what is keeping you from being disciplined? What do you think? And he said, I get drunk every weekend with my roommate. And I told him, I said, well, I, I know one thing that could help if you're interested, and he was. And so I ended up presenting how to come into a life-changing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I gave him something. I said, I want you to read this six times. And it had to do with a prayer. It was it was the four spiritual laws. Um, I, I just, but he needed, he, he was not, he was not uh, exposed too much. Uh, the bottom line is, he prayed to receive Christ. It was fascinating. And I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to give you some scriptures to memorize. He said, oh, I can't, I can't memorize. I can't memorize. I said, well, could you just read these over every day? And I gave him three. And in about four days, he was back. You got any more of those scriptures? I said, I've already memorized them. I said, really? Oh, wow. And he said, yeah, because he, he had a motorbike, a motorcycle. And he he said, I've been reading them because uh, he was a manager of a warehouse. And he said, but it was, it, I, I just said, don't worry about memorizing. Just read them every day. And so, and he, it was phenomenal. He became a fabulous husband, father. Uh, he owns a, a insurance company. And I love right. my friend, friend Bruce. He's just fabulous. Now, the point is, he got grounded in the Word of God. So right now, that's what you're going to do, except we're going to deal with just this one topic of fear. And then if you want, let's talk again, okay? How's that sound to you? Okay, that's what we're going to do. You hang on to hope. We will send our keys for living tonight to tonight's caller, the keys on fear, and that's called No Longer Afraid. We'll send that out because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate, and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.